Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome back to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Patton Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. Oh boy, are we having the perfect Memorial Day weekend as we, we record are this. doing nothing. I'm not leaving the house. We are staying in home. I, I think I was home, At home 10 whole days home. this month. I've been traveling so much that this Memorial Day will be spent uh, vegging, Watching uh, TV shows and movies and eating and that's it. I'm I'm done. I'm so ex- and I gotta travel again on Tuesday. So these days are staying at home with me. With you. Our daughter is at a sleepover. Well, she's at a series of sleepovers because it's Memorial uh, Day she's weekend and she wants to have fun. Social butterfly. So and she is at all these other houses because she knows at our house we're like I just want to. Let daddy just sit here and read. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> and also she, like many other kids right now, are, well, by the time you hear this, probably graduating from whatever grade they're in. Yes. A lot of people going off to new schools. Our daughter will be going off to a new school. Oh. Um, a lot of people graduating <laughs> from college. I actually have my 30th uh. college reunion this coming weekend, which will be probably two weekends ago by the time sunrise, you hear this. Sunrise, sunset. And uh, a bunch of my college friends had their kids graduating from the same school, which was exciting. Oh my goodness gracious. But I'm so excited just to go back. And it's not so much that I'm like so interested in seeing all the other people that I wasn't really friends with back then and finding out what they're doing now, although I do find that interesting and I'm excited. I guess sure. that's great, but that's not yeah. the reason I'm going. I want to go because I miss, I just... Don't remember. I just want to be there again. I just want to remember what it was like to be a student walking on campus as if you're going to a class or the library or the science center or the dining hall. And I want to see all that stuff again and just like take it in because I feel like while I was at school, it was such its own present day. This is your normal life kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But looking back on it is so, well, of course, there's so much nostalgia. It's been 30 (laughs) years. Yeah. Um, but I just really want to feel like I'm in that energy again because it's on the East Coast. I'm from the West Coast. I don't have that weather. I don't have yeah. that. The people are different. Have you Now, you've been back to the school since you graduated. I've been back once. Really? In 30 years. <laughs> oh, my God. And I wanted to go with you once, but we got stranded. Oh, uh, that's in right. In a torrential downpour. In a torrential downpour and watched um, The Shape of Water in a hotel room while we ate uh takeout pizza and uh, yeah literally the um the plane our plane was canceled and we were stuck everything in hotel. was canceled because yeah, it was, it was torrential down. rains yeah, yeah. and we couldn't even go visit my school but anyway i am beyond excited to go and uh you guys uh will you know it will be over so i'm sure the podcast i have after this one is the one that says what it was all about you can do your little uh return of the sakaka seven big chill version uh of what went down it should be a lot of intrigue and fun. I was, I, did I tell, say this on the last one that I was asked to be on a panel, like to speak on a panel? And what's the panel about? Uh, the panel is called Our Stories, Our Futures. As we hit our 50s, 
30 years after our college graduation, many of us are thinking about and planning for the next stage in life. How do we set ourselves up to be happy and productive for the next 30 years? Hmm. Uh, my friend Peter Lettman will moderate a discussion with classmates who have pivoted onto new paths in their careers and relationships. We will begin the program with a brief meditation. <laughs> oh, no. No. Uh, <laughs> I go to a very serious school. The right. meditation part threw me. Um, but So people from your school that have pivoted. So the Unabomber will be on the panel. That'll be fun. <laughs> that was a great pivot that he did. Um, who else? Uh, I don't know who else. I don't know who else is going to be on the panel. Yeah. But a lot of people, you know, there are a lot of people who are in very high-powered jobs, like mm -hmm. attorneys or you know, working for the government or whatever. Right. And then they are like, now that we reach our fifties, I want to try yoga <laughs> and and see the roosters in the farm. I or discovered like, four little letters that changed my life. E T S Y. I am now selling <laughs> tiaras made out of seashells. That's what's going to happen to the um, panel. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's a lot of people who have like one of, uh, I am now going from being just a regular district attorney to being on the Supreme Court. <laughs> like a lot of people like. <laughs> oh, that kind of pivot? Yeah. That's so, not a pivot. That's an advancement. He didn't pivot. Right. He they didn't, didn't go, pivot. It's, you're not going to believe this. I was a district attorney and I got this wild hair up my ass and I sat the wife down. I said, listen, sweetie. And I, by the way, it's I need, a she, Katanji Jackson. Okay. Katanji well, but it, still, it has to be like the, I sat my uh, partner down and said, look, I know this is, <laughs> I, I know that I've always mentioned this, but it's time I'm going to pivot to being on the Supreme Court. <laughs> so we're going to have to cut. We can't take that vacation to Aruba because <laughs> I'm about to be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> Um, so there are pivots that are like changing careers from, mm -hmm. and then there are pivots like a lot of people got divorced or oh. things happen in their life or, you know, that's I not a pivot though. That's a, that's a uh, speed bump. You have to pivot in your life when things come, whatever it is, it's a pivot. All right. And, you know, marrying someone later in life, that mm -hmm. was a pivot for me. Becoming a mom was a pivot for me. Mm -hmm. Um, starting some new careers, uh, writing and producing, that was for me a whole new thing that I mm -hmm. pivoted towards. Uh, and so, yeah. An offspring of Jeremy Piven. That's a pivot. <laughs> um, You're so dumb. I also just, well, um, as we speak, um, I should probably let you know this now. Um, on the, uh, our daughter just texted us yesterday. Uh, the three of us watched the first two episodes of the new season of Stranger Things. Wait. Which was- Can um, I say? Yeah. Please. <laughs> Listen, we watched all the Stranger Things and it's great. She loves the show. She loves the show. It's and, her fave. And all of her friends love it. And for Christmas, they all gave each other stickers of Hopper. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, And yeah. when you sign on to your smart TV, there's a little circle of who you are. <laughs> like you can change it. For a long time, Patton was Ratatouille and I was Snow White. And then she changed all of us to Hopper and yeah, Eleven and Joyce- yeah. I'm Joyce. You're Joyce. Um, but she loves the show. But we watched it, and boy, oh boy, have they gotten a really good CGI guy and a really good special effects really guy. Really good practical effects because guy. Because it is wow. so scary. Yeah. They did so many things that it's almost like a Guillermo del Toro movie mixed with a Saw film mixed. It's so terrifying. It's genuinely terrifying. So it's like but half really well made. half terrifying. You know what it is? It's it's Goonies meets Hellraiser, basically. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Um, that said, uh, our daughter just texted us. She is having a sleepover with a friend and they have started watching episode three of Stranger Things. They're just going to power through. Is she watching it without us because I got too scared? She's like, mom, you're, you're she, getting too she scared. She is clearly afraid that you're going to bail and she doesn't want to be bailed on. <laughs> no. Now I'm going to keep watching it later today. If you want to join watch me, it. you'll watch it with me. Yes, okay. it's just so scary. It is very intense. And they do some, well, there's some stuff in the second episode that, wow. Bones don't bend that way. Yeah, that's, I'll just put it that way. Um, It's just too scary. Oh boy. So anyway, um, but still- um, great, uh, speaking of nostalgia, it's all, and, and especially it, it, it's fun for Meredith and I to sit there and, and just go, oh, Evil Dead, Firestarter, um, you know, like. Because they are taking um, ideas from all of the 80s movies of the time yeah. and incorporating it as a nod of homage. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so you can kind of see where they're, what movies they're taking it from. Yeah. Um, and that's fun. It's a big, fun, nostalgic dip into some, this season, serious gore and darkness. The only thing is, is like at that time in the 80s, 
the special effects, I mean, even though it's real and it's a new thing and it's only about that era, it kind of feels like it could be a little more less real. <laughs> it's too... It's too we used to watch a show called Face Off as a family, and, and Alice really, really loved watching the artists on this show, the ingenuity, the creativity, the artistry of these people that were doing, it was a com competition show like like Top Chef or, or Cupcake Wars, but they were doing monster makeup, gore makeup, and you see that a lot of the stuff that is on screen that, yes, it does seem very scary, however, it's somebody having to figure out how do I make it look that scary, and it, it actually lessens the shock when they see it. She has seen some pretty horrible things, especially this season of Stranger Things, but it was like, oh, that they must have done it that way. They must have figured out a way to do that. So it, it'll lessen the blow for a lot of the gore that I think a lot of kids are yeah. exposed to in films. I like that she has seen a sort of behind backstage uh, how you make scary things so it's not yes. too scary because you can kind of see... You know what you know what it's all about. And there have been a few things that she has seen where she's actually been let down and said, that's too much CGI, they didn't try. They could have figured out a way to do it. And she's really impressed um, when someone simply does practical effects and no CGI. There, there was a uh, film we watched uh, during the quarantine called PG, Psycho Gorman, which is a, uh, a uh, Canadian movie about a demon that comes to earth. And it was a, so good. But a little girl can control him. But this demon is extremely violent and evil. And and a bratty 11-year-old happens to control him and he can't do anything. And all the special effects are practical. So even though they're gory, my, my our daughter and even us were like, they did that with no money. They made that look good. Even we. Even we, and yes, and even we. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right, oh. but uh, someone's got Fuck it. you, English language. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, and, and as we as we speak, um, we basically, our house smells like a horse farm because uh, our lawn died and we put, what, what did they put on the lawn? Fertilizer. What is, it wasn't so much that our lawn died. We allowed the lawn to die. So that we were trying to reduce our water usage and we, I think we overcorrected because everything died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think also like over time, soil gets compacted a little bit more or depleted. It just gets like more compact. So mm -hmm. it's not as fluffy and as high as it was. So you have to add soil to your garden because right. it gets smushed. Well, our backyard and front yard now have the rich scent. loamy scent of, uh, of being on a horse farm. Yeah. Yeah, I want to order some chili, and then I want, no, I want you to make me a big pot of chili, and then when I'm back here writing, I want you to come out with a big horseshoe and like ding, clang ding, it, ding. clang, 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 and then I got to go in. That and would I, that would set it perfectly. I need a gingham dress and an apron. A gingham dress. I need a gingham. Hey, we'll, we'll recreate the searchers. <laughs> when I'm done, I'll just walk out through the door and just walk out in the desert. You know me making chili is like getting chili from Trader Joe's. Exactly. Like putting Be it her in the pot ordering and it. it up. Yeah, exactly. Although or, that sounds so good right now. Oh my God. Um, hey, we will be right back. <laughs> hey, we're back. Um, boy, was that a mistake talking about uh, rich tangy chili in that last <laughs> segment, because as you know, Meredith is afflicted with um, Manchurian candidate syndrome, where if she sees or hears of something delicious, she must have it. But unfortunately, today, she began her- Day one. Day one of her chroma cleanse. Five-day cleanse. Which Re is- it's a, it's a reset. It's not really a cleanse. Like It's a reset. People think when you have a cleanse that you're like just doing like the master cleanse of like maple mm -hmm. syrup and lemonade, uh, like- Lemons and cayenne pepper and oh yeah, oh, I remember that one. Remember that one? You the master just, cleanse. Yeah, the master cleanse. Oh, dude, I did that once for ten days. Oof. I didn't have anything but that drink for ten days. Jeepers creepers! And then when did you pass out? <laughs> I remember. I always choose the worst time to do it too, because it was like Halloween was soon, and it was like all the yummy Halloween oh, parties no. and candy and everything. Did you want to be slim and hot for the Halloween parties? I feel like every now and then I just need to remind myself that I should probably be healthy. Uh, and so, so you take, you do cosplay of being healthy for a few days. And then when it's done, I'm like, Oh, if I did it, <laughs> the last chroma, by the way, the last chroma that, um, uh, chroma cleanse that Meredith did uh, at the end of it, she ended up in New York with me and basically 
ate her way through the city for three days. And that well, was so, amazing. Yeah. So well, I just want everyone to know I'm not starving myself. Like this, <laughs> no, no, no. The, you, this, th- this thing makes you eat all day long, but it's all like, it's non-dairy and it's not- um, No sugar. No sugar. And it's, it's soups and broths and uh, like- It's got a porridge. Drinks. And a smoothie. The only solid thing you eat is that friggin' porridge. Everything else is um, liquid. Yeah. But it's nonstop. It's like you have chicken broth for dinner and you have- And then like a hydration a veggie, drink. Veggie miso. Anyway. Vitality And it's latte. got like a green drink thing. A lot of matcha. And matcha instead of coffee in the morning, which, mm-hmm. you know, Alice always makes fun of me that I basically have a milkshake in the morning for coffee. I make fun of you for that. You have, you pour a cup of coffee then you put in three scoops of sugar and milk. You just eat a scoop of coffee ice cream. <laughs> It'll probably be less calories than the way you make it. Well, it's delicious and divine, but, in, but everybody's <laughs> like, well, have something. Why don't you just not put sugar in your coffee? I'm like, I can't do that. Oh, if I'm gonna- You don't know that. You don't know what you can do and what no, you can't. No, I can do it. You can do it, baby. But I don't want to do it. So if I am going to have coffee, I don't want it to be like not Meredith's coffee. Mm-hmm. I want it, to, you know, I'll just have tea or something instead that's like green tea. Right, so right. I'm not tortured by that this doesn't taste the way I want it to taste. But anyway, so the <clears throat> Chroma Cleanse, I am, I'm eating. It's all good stuff. It's all totally healthy. It's just, um, you know, you're just- And you're allowed like raw veggies and stuff on it. Like you're not, it's yeah, not like you're totally- no. And if you, know. you want to add like quinoa to the- Soup, you yes. can't. The bottom line is I'm not starving. It's not that. It's just, but it keeps me, it's like, okay, you can only eat, eat this for the day. So this it's like what forcing, right. saying, oh, at eight o'clock at night when you have this magnesium drink, that's it. You you're don't done. Have, you don't have anything after that, which for me is really difficult because that's, that's, your heart, yeah. that's when I watch TV and that's when you're watching Dateline and you find out that the, the, milksha- the milkshake wasn't melted so that the murderer was still there and then you want a milkshake. Oh God. <laughs> I cannot tell you the late night shenanigans I've had to go through because of this one seeing something online or on TV and then, hey, can we, uh, I don't want to Instacart. Could you maybe put your flip-flops on and drive over to the Gelson's and get me this? You went, You drove to my friend's oh, house because God, she, yes, I did. she had told me earlier in the day that she made chocolate cake and she's like, do you want to come over oh, for a chocolate cake? That. And yeah. I was like, no, no, I'm good. And then like at 10 o'clock at night, I was like, Patton. Can you drive to Mandy's No, Mandy's you didn't house? do that. You did this whole passive aggressive. <laughs> what I do? You know, Mandy called me. And I told her, I told her, like, I, I'm not going to, you know, you shouldn't. It's 10 o'clock. There's no point in you going over. I mean, she lives like, you know, 10 minutes away. She has chocolate cake. But you I don't, you know what? No, I don't want Like, it was the most roundabout. I was telling you. Me, I was like, you yeah. don't have to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly that's a. A late night craving, and you're in your this bed, you're asleep, you're yeah, in your yeah, pajamas. Yeah. I'm not gonna make you drive to my friend's house to get me that delicious piece of chocolate cake that she has waiting for me. You don't have to be a, an amazing husband and go do that. Oh, Just God. go to sleep, and you're like, I'll do it. Well, here's my question. You, you s- actually were very pleasant about it, and you were like, I'll go get it. You were, you were not, you were not, uh, you were lovely about it, and you were like, let me go get it. I was like, no, really, you're gonna go get it? And you're like, yeah, I'll go get it. Well, okay, hang on. So day, this is a five-day cleanse. So the fifth day of this cleanse is Thursday, which is the day that you travel. Yeah, I have to fly to Boston. So you got to pack your stuff with you yeah. to make on the play, like put hot water in this. Either. And then that's your last day. So Friday. is Start eating. And then you start, and you're, you'll be around all your friends. Well, everyone's going to be drinking. It's the reunion. Exactly. They're going to be There'll having be food like, everywhere. It's summertime. There's probably going to be ribs and cornbread. Oh, jeez. All the good creepers. stuff. Reapers. So who knows? What are you going to do? I'm going to try and not be a disgusting pig, but I just, <laughs> I know me and I probably will be like, hmm, that looks delicious. And then I yeah. won't talk to anyone. I'll sit by myself with a huge plate of food. <laughs> yeah. And just wolf stuff down. Um, and so you're, you're looking forward to seeing everybody. I'm looking forward to seeing all my friends and I'm mainly really looking forward just to being back on campus and going to the places that I used to go to and- just and most of these of, friends, have you kept in contact with them? Yeah, there's like, yeah, everyone there's knows. There's a thread, I so you told, all know. There's like 20 of us, oh, and right. uh, we were just all together. Remember, I, in, during the pandemic, oh, I, that's I went right. to Vermont went to, to the, see all of my yeah. college friends, and it was um, wonderful and amazing. But this will be on the campus. With all the people, like not just the 20 of us that see each other. With, everybody. With everybody. Wow. And, you know, these are smart people. I got to make, make myself sound smart on the panel. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> I'm like sitting in front of a bunch of smarty pants. I mean, you don't you don't have to prepare anything. They're, they're going to ask you questions. You talk no. about your life. Talk about pivoting, right? Yeah. There you go. That's easy. Yeah, that sounds fine. 
Um, you guys heard Patton talking about how it's Memorial Day weekend and oh, he yeah. wants to watch all these shows and nothing. Stranger Things came back. So I watched a new show uh, that really sucked me in. Real? Oh, this was last night. Last night. I remember this. Last night, you kept saying, hey, do you want to come do something with me? I'm like, I'm watching this show. Don't I'm into this show. So uh, there's a show called Bad Vegan. Yeah. And it's about this girl named Sarma something. What's her last name? <laughs> I can see it. Great I, research. <laughs> no. Re- you just watched the show. At Melon Guy. I just watched I this can't. thing called Helter Skelter, but a guy named Charles, I <laughs> want to say Mumford. Who um, did- my point is... I watched this show. It's captivating because it's about this woman who was this uh, really amazing vegan woman, super smart, went to Wharton Business School, super, super smart. And she fell in love with a chef and they opened up uh, an amazing vegan restaurant called Mm -hmm. Pure Food and Wine Mm -hmm. um, that was doing so well. Everybody was going, every celebrity, just doing really, really well. Um, She and the chef guy split up. And she took over the business, but he left her with a lot of debt because he uh-huh. didn't handle the debt well. And so she's trying to run the business herself, and she's doing really well, and she's getting investors, and really smart woman. And then she somehow ends up talking to this dude online. Oh, boy. Named Shane Fox. What a great name. Not his name. Shane, really? Yeah. Hang on. The name Shane Fox wasn't real? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this, the name the name Rod Goodcock was a fake name. This guy bamboozled her and like lied about who he was. Did he was. flummox her or bamboozle he her? He bamboozled her. You say he would bamboozled her. Yes, he got okay. her all flummoxed. He got her all flummoxed and then he bamboozled her. And he her. bamboozled her. Okay. And he was a total criminal con man, kept lying to her about things, kept making her pay her. You know, he's like, well, to keep this business, you need to give me $10,000. Trust me, I'm doing this thing and you'll get this back tenfold. Don't you want the happiest life ever? Don't you want the happily ever after? Mm-hmm. Just And then every few months, he's like, you need to give me $30,000 because da 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 Bottom line, Oy. he had her so brainwashed and scared and uh, she basically gave him like almost $2 million. And in ten thousand dollar increments? In yeah, in thirty thousand, a three hundred thousand, and Takes then the guy. Long time. And then the guy started bamboozling her mom, and the mom gave. Actually, I'm sorry. Quick correction. I heard, uh, according to Wikipedia, he hornswoggled the mom. Oh. But he bamboozled the the bad vegan. But both were flummoxed. Well, they were flummoxed first. You have to flummox people first, and from flummoxing, you can choose whether to bamboozle or. Hornswoggled them, but he hornswoggled the mom. Yes, he bamboozled the chef. Correct. All right. Um. Anyway, it's just interesting to watch because you can clearly see how she got taken. Um, how did she get taken if she was so successful and in love? Because it what, what was what was the what I'm asking is she's got this great business and she's got this solid love. So what? Where was the point of vulnerability that he was able to get in? Um. Well, it seemed like she had all the boxes checked. You'd think, um, but over time, like she thought she was in love with him and and he kept lying to her and saying, you know, we're going to have this amazing life. He, he sold her a bill of goods on a fantasy that she wanted to believe oh. because, you know, she needed help and uh, with the business. That's not the point of my why okay. I'm bringing this all up. Right. Um, what I'm bringing it up for is, you know, there's also a show called Inventing Anna. Mm-hmm. And this girl is a real, Anna Delvey, a real woman mm-hmm. who bamboozled her friends and stole money and made other people pay credit cards. And she lived this crazy lavish life and traveled the world. Same thing with this fucking dude from the Tinder swindler. Yep. He went online, he found these women, he promised them love and he was having one woman pay for the other woman. He would do it to a bunch of women. And he's like, give me, you know, at first he takes you on a date He'll, he'll say, let's go on a date. And he buy, takes you to the finest restaurant and treats you like a queen and then takes you to Vegas and says, shop for anything you want. And he does that for like a month, just dazzling you with yeah. things. And then he's like, oh no, something happened. I Can you just wire me like $5,000? Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal compared to what he's been doing for her for the past month. So she's right. like, of course I love you, da, da, da. But then over time- it's like he's like the CIA needs me. That I'm being I'm being kidnapped. You have to send me this, that, and the other. Anyway, there's that. Then there's the show called The Puppet Master, 
where this man, the, mm-hmm. in, in other words, these are all fraudulent pe- people committing cons and frauds on mm-hmm. all these people. Yeah. Then you've got shows like um, about the Nixium cult. Yep. And this guy, uh, Renier, whatever his name, Keith, whatever. Keith Rainier. Freak. Um, gets great, all these great young- volleyball league thing. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun. There is what is more fun than volleyball at 3 a.m. I'm asking you. Yeah. There's nothing more fun so he's than a, playing volleyball at 3 a.m. He How somehow do you keeps women um and people overtired, uh not well fed so they can't think straight. Exactly. Um classic these are this this is bog standard cult programming techniques. Exactly. So um you know, keep them tired, keep them, and then make sure everything's urgent. You have to do this right now. I'm being mm-hmm. kidnapped. Anything that's urgent and and uh, doesn't allow you to use your own critical thinking mm-hmm. is going to be a scam in some mm-hmm. way. Just like uh, we need right now, you, to, you know, I was in a, oh God, I did one of those life spring, I don't even know what it was called, mm-hmm. but I did like a thing where it was like a self-help thing. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of where they all get you. Um, and they're like, I'm going to ask you to sign up for the next, thing now and I want you to call all your friends and tell them to do this to show your commitment to yourself really being your best self. You need to tell all your friends to start doing this to prove that you really care about being your best self and and you need to sign up for uh, session two right now to prove that you're on a mission to act and they 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 keep you tired they do this thing it's all uh, How old were you when this happened to you? Like in my 20s that's when all this Nixium stuff happened for those other girls who were like actresses who were like trying to find themselves and they had a lot of free time. They didn't have like major jobs keeping them going to work every day. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, I need to, you know, everybody sort of has a spiritual quest quest around your 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the yoga community and they're all looking for different holistic ways to cure themselves. Mm-hmm. And and as you go, <clears throat> it sort of gets darker and darker down these things. And that's how QAnon and the MAGA cult started happening, that people... They, they get down these rabbit holes and just get fed disinformation and start to believe it. And when you- Well, they also get addicted to it because there is an endorphic reward for feeling like, oh, I just cracked the code on something. I solved a puzzle. The QAnon is basically a giant mystery scavenger hunt for people that are bored and you can participate and you can find clues and it's to keep you busy when your life is empty. Right. And so, um, you know, of course- you need to protect yourself from these things. You people, mm-hmm. it happens all the time. You get, um, you know, scam phone calls and scam emails, oh, yeah. um, which is annoying because recently, first of all, I'm going to uh, admit to something. I use AOL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, you use AOL. I'm like, I'm the OG. Didn't it kind of loop back around and got kind of cool the fact that you kept your original AOL thing? Well, I was one of the first people to, you know, email started. I remember actually when I was in college, and my I think I talked about this before. My college roommate, her dad was a professor at Duke, mm-hmm. and she was on her computer, and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm emailing my dad. I was like, what is that? And she's like, it's like writing him a letter. I said, oh, so are you going to fax it to him? Or, mm-hmm. And she said, no, it's email. And I was like, well, what does that mean? She's like, well, he's just going to get it. I'm like, well, how does that work? Like, I couldn't yeah, I figure it out. with the phone. And anyway, so when I graduated, it was, you know, AOL was just starting. So I, yeah. I was one of the... Did you get one of the free uh, giveaway uh, yeah, DVD, CD, DVD robs? Yes, I remember signing up go. for the whole thing. So I still have my email from, you know, the day I graduated um, or whenever before I graduated. But... I Do you call yourself, I, I use email classic. I'm classic. <laughs> yes, yeah. AOL classic. Um, <laughs> but suddenly, for some reason, all of my emails, like important ones of people that I talk to on a daily basis, are going into my spam folder, and I don't know why. Uh, it means something. I think it means someone's trying to re- reconfigure what you're doing. To I don't know. It's, it's not. You don't I know. I don't think it's good that suddenly everything's going into your spam well, not folder. not everything, just like you know, important with stuff. My, with my zero computer knowledge, I'm going to go, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's a bad sign. Right, so I keep <laughs> clicking on it to try to like say it's not spam, but it keep anyway. So well, I I was, have, now I have to check my spam folder all the time because there, there's my stuff in there. But, but, the, but what I was bringing this whole thing up for was it's shocking to me how many people are vulnerable to being hoodwinked. Yeah. Well, the first, the I think the first step in preventing yourself from being 
Um, now, are we talking bamboozled, hoodwinked, or hornswoggled here? Because now we're, we're we've hoodwinked. gotten into the week. Now it's hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. Um, is to stop thinking of yourself as, well, I'm immune to that. You you are not immune. Everyone is vulnerable. On you, Everyone has pressure points and and points of vulnerability that somebody can get to you at. So if you just embrace and admit that about yourself, that is step one, I think, to avoiding it because then you can see it. But you have to know what are the parts of me that somebody can get to because, again, a wildly successful, in love, um, uh, critically lauded, a- award-winning chef got taken by a guy. Like, right. the last person you think that would need, I mean, I can, you can almost well, see how some of the- women were sort of, all, uh, so many of these women were bright who got bamboozled. Um, and, and have men, I mean, I'm sure there have. I mean, but- oh, I mean, the, the, the next team cult, there's men that got taken, the two main people, oh, it's yeah. a man and a woman. Yeah. And, and I've lost a lot of my friends to the alt-right, to um, MAGAism, uh, not a lot of them, but there, there were a handful of friends that I lost. They went down that rabbit hole. Um, I was just talking to my my brother. We were talking about all these mass shootings that are going on. I don't want to get too specific, but he did say something really interesting, which was um, both the Buffalo shooting and the Uvalde. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uvalde? I don't know. But he said these were kids that during quarantine, they had no one to talk to, and they went online, and now they're coming out of quarantine. And when they went in quarantine, that's where the hooks got into them. And Mm -hmm. he goes, expect more of these. Because more people, it, it's just the main um, the the main danger that we're living right now is is the age of loneliness. The age, loneliness is the biggest danger. That's right now. absolutely true. And when you're feeling lonely and you don't have someone to connect to and you don't have someone to talk to, you start watching things, and then each thing leads you to something else, and you get into this place where uh, you you feel like you know they tell you you need to retaliate, you need to. You're not accepted because these people are taking things from you and you have to feel some sort of vengeance. In any event, people get bamboozled. You're the hero and you've been wronged and I will give you vengeance. Right. And also, all these people that have always made you feel dumber than or you're not actually up on things, uh, I will- But I um, feel very sorry for these people because so do I, and, and, they, they don't realize the- the direction they're being taken into. And very many of the people who are, you know, MAGA or Q, I think they might have been just good people at one point and then they just keep getting fed this disinformation and they, because they're good people, they think, well, nobody was is really going to lie. Like, Trump's not going to lie to us. They're, you know, what we, what we hear or- is real. And so they start to believe it and um, they then have each other to reinforce that. They don't, watch other shows other than Fox or whatever. So they don't have critical thinking with people saying, well, actually I have a differing opinion on that. Let's research it together. And I think it might be the opposite. I think a lot of these people um, uh, actually do have smarts and critical thinking because when you look at the amount of exotic information you have to keep in your head for some of these conspiracy theories to keep in your head about Q or about the steel on January 6th, they clearly have the brain capacity to store a lot of information, but what happens is- They're getting it. Their per, or their personal circumstances, you can be a very smart, intelligent person, but if your personal circumstances go the wrong way, it's the old, um, I forgot the saying is, but one week without food, um, riots, like society collapses. So one week without any kind of positive reinforcement, any kind of hope, you start to go down these holes and- especially if you're someone who's smart, but you feel like you're watching people um, without not doing the same amount of work that you're doing, but getting ahead because of how they were born or how rich they are, that will also lead you to um, to go down some of these uh, rabbit holes. And, and, and that um, another big part of this is a sunk cost fallacy. Once you've been doing this for so long, once you were like, well, but Trump is, Trump doesn't need donors. He's against the elites. And then when someone starts showing you, well, no, he's actually going it's too late. Like I can't go back. I've invested so much in this that, that it's very hard to admit you're wrong because right. that's painful. Exactly. That was sort of what was going on in Bad Vegan. That girl started to feel like she's like, I don't, you know, she's starting to question it. And then she's like, but is there a, is there a fantasy world? Is there this thing? And she's questioning herself. And she, she's like, but I've already, I'm already in for 1.6 million. Like, am I wrong? Like if I stop now, am I, and they kind of trick you into thinking. That humiliation 
avoiding that humiliation is worth throwing more money down the hole to avoid right. having to that's admit she said. that you did it. Right. And that's what kills you. And so, uh, yeah. And now she's come out of this, but oh, the yeah. poor woman is damaged. Um, I, uh, I'm reading, I've already spoke about this book uh, as one of my picks, but I'm, I'm reading, still reading Noah Hawley's book, Anthem. And I've sort of stopped because this book is so good, but it's so Noah Hawley? Noah Hawley. Why am I thinking of that? Oh, that's Josh. Oh, okay. Sorry. Noah, Noah Hawley, uh, did the shows, uh, Legion and, um, uh, Fargo. Yeah, he's sorry. also a novelist. So he wrote a, a novel called Anthem that is absolutely about what is happening right now. And, um, uh, and it's hard, it's hard for me to get through it now because there's some stuff that's really, uh, hitting home for me with a lot of my existential panic. That's how good the book is. That's how well written it is. What is your existential panic, Patton? Um, that the center's not holding and we're going, we are, we are going to wake up, uh, and basically be in the opening verse of David Bowie's five years where, um, a cop is kissing the feet of a priest and uh, children are being attacked and, and cars are driving off of highways and like everything's just going to be chaos. We're going to, we're, we're a few weeks away from that. Or we're just going to wake up one day and go, wait, wait, wait. You nothing's think we're, running. You think we're a few weeks away from that? Yeah. No, you do not. I do. You do not. I do. No. Um, sorry, water's not running. ATMs aren't giving out money. No more gas. Oh. Just, it all shut down. Yeah, handmade. Everything's shut down. It's all shut down. I think we're weeks away from that. Think, oh, um, dear God. Okay, you guys, we're not. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> make everyone feel better right now because we're not. He might think that in his dark mind. Just hold on to that negativity for a second by yourself. Mm -hmm. Keep it inside. Let me talk to my friends who are listening. I'm saying that we're weeks away from this so that you will get your speak pipes and emails in. All right. Um, <laughs> I want to read a little this quick little excerpt from Anthem, this thing I highlighted this, this morning when I was reading it. Um, scientists call our current geological era the Anthropocene, meaning the age of man. In other words, the Anthropocene means right now the biggest force affecting the world is mankind. For the first time in history, we have the biggest effect on the planet. But others have suggested we call it the Eremocene, meaning the age of loneliness. And I agree with that 100%. I think the, both, the biggest, most dangerous factor in our society right now is loneliness. It is what's leading to everything that you're seeing right now. It's all loneliness. Loneliness in the generation that's coming up and loneliness from this older generation from the boomers or the Gen Xers, whatever, who re are looking back on a life and realizing, oh, I never actually made any real connections. I was just always hustling and now there's nothing to connect to anymore. And that loneliness is metastasizing. Both fronts are hitting like a perfect storm. Might I suggest that loneliness is really just lack of love? Uh, lack of having love in your life. That, that's too simple. No, it, it's not. Loneliness isn't, but if you Lack feel loved, loved if you feel loved and you feel cared for, then it's too simple. No, loneliness also to me, loneliness. Beyond, yes, that uh, love is a not having that love is a tiny sliver, but the loneliness for me is loneliness represents uh, a lot of fear and lack of love. And when you're fearful and alone, and you don't have someone who loves you to like really connect with you and talk to you and get you out of that space, then you are in a different, then, then it's pure, true loneliness. But if you have love, it isn't. I don't know. I, I also, there's another, there's something deeper underneath that bond, just beyond God, I'm love. so glad I came along for you because you would have been in a freaking hole, man. I don't know. I mean, it also, it, but I also think it's a, it's a, you having nothing to live for outside of yourself. And that doesn't necessarily need, need to be another person right now this generation that's coming up, they're being very openly told there is no prospects for you in the future that we've used no up prospects. the um, uh, environment. We, we've, we've taken all the good jobs. There's just, there's all that is there for you to do is to run along with a fad, do a weird TikTok thing, do, I mean, in, in this book, Anthem, what's going on is amongst the generation after Gen Z, there's a, um, there's a suicide epidemic going on. It, it, it's not having anything that you are looking forward to creating every day. You can have, and, and again, that's why I'm saying this loneliness cuts across economic um, levels because there are people who are making uh, billions of dollars in hedge funds, but they're not creating anything that they give a shit about. They're not anxious to go in tomorrow to do something. It's just that, you know, uh, absolute emptiness. At the end of either success or failure, they lead to the same emptiness. 
And that's really terrifying. Kindness and love are the thing. And I know that sounds simplistic, and but that's actually the thing. That's the only thing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless these kids who feel disenchanted or, you know, uh, get people who, like, actually care about them and talk to them when they're feeling like a not, not a, what's the word I'm looking for? Nihilistic. Nihilistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, anyway, it is sad, but. There's always places to reach out to. Maybe th- there's a little bit of hope in the fact that what what we might be in right now is the hangover of the age of cruelty D- during the, uh, the last four or so years. That the cruelty was the point. It was all mm-hmm. about I sh- I'm showing strength by not showing compassion. I'm not giving in and being this bleeding heart. And every time I see someone hurt, you know, and again, some of the responses to stuff that are being posted about these massacres are like, oh yeah, you're so sad. Like they've got to show how strong they are by not being affected by things. And maybe we're in the hangover of that and we're going to finally, finally push through that. Yeah, perhaps we are, but I want to, this is getting too dark for me and I think for our listeners as well. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. Take a little breather. We're back. We um, are listening to some speak pipes again. Hello, Patton and Meredith. Thank you for a great podcast. Um, I enjoyed it very much. And I enjoy listening to Americans that have reasonable opinions about things. Here in Europe, it's usually Donald Trump and the show Doomsday Preppers that represents how Americans actually are. So I'm glad that you are here and uh, to show us differently. About all your opinions, you seem both ethically and politically uh, involved and also in um, uh, conscious of what you eat. So here's my question. Is there any reason why you guys are not vegan? Thank you for a great podcast. Mads, that was a very, first of all, very nice uh, voicemail, but also a very good question. I would love to be vegan. I have tons of vegan friends. I like vegan food when I experience it. Um, I think that would be the ideal, just like me exercising every day would be an ideal. Um, I... I just simply don't have the willpower to avoid things that taste delicious to me. And that sounds so fucking terrible. And I wish that something so big, because obviously when you're vegan, it helps the world. It helps with global warming. It helps with about a million different things, um, which I'm sure you all could Google. Um, But I would love to be vegan. Um, We have friends, every time they come over, we order vegan food and partake and we love it. Um, but in general, I guess the pure answer is I like cheese. I like cheese and crackers and I like pizza and I like- She likes milk in her coffee. And I like milk in my coffee and I like cottage cheese and I like ice cream and I like a steak. I'm sorry, I know it's terrible, I, it's terrible. I don't wanna <laughs> like it, but I fucking love it. That that is, that is such an absolutely honest answer and my same answer, I'll, I'll even add, I, being vegan is so aspirational for me. Um, and I don't know if I can, um, defeat the programming and conditioning that I grew up on, which is meats and dairy and, uh, stuff like that. Also, I, because I travel so much and I'm in situations where I can't control no. the food that's coming no, into no, me. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 <laughs> what? wait. Cause that's a cop out. It's not that. It's not that because if you're vegan, there are ways to make sure that you can eat vegan. I mean, for Christ's sakes, all vegan, you can, you can easily eat a, you know, a sandwich with vegetables in it, mm-hmm. avocado and every, I mean, I, I make a vegan sandwich for my, my favorite, my favorite sandwich is vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not that you can't find it or you can't get it. It's just that it's a little harder. It, but again, that's a, 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 a very embarrassing thing for me to admit. A lot of times when I'm traveling, when I'm working, I know I don't have the extra energy and concentration to do the harder thing right. to get the stuff I need. And I was also raised 1970s America, sizzling meat, 
ice cream and and fats and I just I, I, I find it scrumptious as we it all is do friggin scrumptious and I I think it's sad that it's like so you're gonna let the world burn down because you want to fucking eat a goddamn hamburger yeah. it's a lot of cursing Meredith you know there are people who listen you don't need to curse this much. I mean, it doesn't make you sound smarter, smarty that pants. Another, that should be another speak pipe. Why do you curse so much? Why, Why do you, you curse? Mean, you're you smart. know, I really try not to. I mean, it's really hard for me not to. Boy, do you let fly around Alice, though. I really do. We gave up on that a long time ago. I really tried when I first got Alice to really watch my language. And God, it just slips out. It, it's a massive vulnerability and, and a failing on our part that we are not vegans. We're just not. And, uh, and I love vegans and I love everyone who is, and I think you're saving the world and your health. And it's, but gosh, darn it. We just, it's too hard for us. If it makes you feel better, part of me feels like maybe not within my lifetime, but in, in the next generation, people will have to become vegan because there will not be a choice. Um, they, there will well, just let's simply hope not that there's be vegan items because that we need uh, vegetation and water. Yes. But what I'm saying is I hope that when there is no choice, you're right. There are the options to eat mung beans and soybeans and other sources of protein. I just don't think it's going to be viable any with all the droughts that are coming to raise cattle and to raise livestock. You just won't be able to feed and water them. Well, that'd be great. And then you could just have a little cow as a little friend. And, you know, there are the, honestly, there are some of the cutest cows. If you go on Instagram mm -hmm. and you. I'm sorry, is there a cow Instagram? There's so many Instagrams. There's there a, a duck, there's a kitten, there's a duck, there's a everything Instagram. You can find whatever you love, but there are some cows that are so cute. Mm -hmm. They're like these little Shetland, I don't know what they're called. The Shetland equivalent of a cow. They're just tiny, tiny and they've cows. got like little bangs and they've got little. <laughs> bangs! Yeah, they've got like hair that goes in front of their face and they're so cute. The, the the two comfort uh, subjects I follow on Instagram, and this is embarrassing, but calligraphy oh, and I love French it. bulldogs. Those are the I, I follow twenty French bulldog accounts, twenty calligraphy accounts, and I just scroll through them. Like I will I will type in hashtag calligraphy and just watch videos. Well, I know and, you text it to me all the time. Oh, you text me little Frenchies. If there was a, if there was a channel of Frenchies doing calligraphy, then I'd be all set. If there could be <laughs> one, they have little pens, little metal nibs, and they're doing their calligraphy, then I'm done. Frenchie puppies really are the cutest things ever. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. I mean, kittens are also the cutest. Everything is the cutest thing ever. Everything. Everything mm -hmm. is cute. Yeah. I mean. What, do you, what are your comfort follows on Instagram? I mean, there's I like. I know you like calligraphy. I like, I like watercolors. Okay. Um, I like, you know, ducks. Baby ducks. Baby ducks. Little baby ducklings. Mm-hmm. Ducklings, not ducks. The little I mean, ducklings. Duck, ducks are fine too, but yeah. basically ducklings. Baby ducklings. Anything cute. Right. Anything cute. Is there, you can type in the word cute and you just get tons of no, cute stuff? No, 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 no. Oh. You type in, you know. Baby duckling. Baby duckling. Minus all uh, French, Frenchy, French bulldogs, French, you know, every variation. I do have to say, I did a movie a long time ago called Lake Placid with Betty White. The movie is about like this huge, enormous, insane crocodile. And it turns out that this character that Betty White plays was an old lady who's feeding her cattle to crocodiles that are in the lake. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why these things are growing so big because she feeds them a cow every day. But um, <laughs> in the movie, at the very end of the movie, she's sitting on the edge of a dock, sitting on the dock. Of the and she's got her little feet in the water. And mm -hmm. she's like, come to me, my little darlings. And these little tiny baby, baby, baby crocodiles or alligators. I don't know what's the difference. But anyway, they like swim up. To and they're cute. Baby alligators are cute. Maybe anything is cute. And I, if I remember correctly, they play a uh, Bob Marley song yeah. while she's Little feeding them. Little birds my doorstep. Yes, that's what they're playing. Sweet song. Mm -hmm. That movie is one of those great, is part of that great tradition of post Jurassic Park, but pre uh, Matrix, um, really crazy bad uh, CGI when people were so high No, it on, was actually quite good CGI. I, go back and look at it. I have, it's really good. And actually the movie <laughs> Um, is not meant to be, it, it's a comedy. David Kelly did yeah. it. It's a lot, you know. But some of the, the, the CGI were the, the, uh, the, the bear, the alligator the, gets the bear. bear. It's like, oh my God. No, it looks good. It's, well, th th there was that time when they were just so high on CGI. Like that was part of the um, selling point and they would rush the CGI. And Stan it didn't Winston look did, made the creature. He made the crocodile? Yeah. I just remember that that, Anaconda, 
Escape from L.A., Air Force One. No, there was those some were, no, no, no. This Scorpion was, King. This was different than that. Lost in Space. You're making this sound like it was cheesy. This was good. No, it was, it was cheesy. Anaconda's cheesy as hell, one of the greatest movies ever made. Deep Blue Sea is cheesy as hell, one of the best movies ever made. So is Lake Placid. Lake Placid these- is not cheesy. It is. It's no, good. it's not. It's Oliver Platt wants to swim with the alligator, and it's not cheesy. It's it's funny. It's a comedy. He catches Brendan Gleeson in a weird snare trap and hangs him upside it, down. It's comedy. It's, it's hilarious. Not cheesy. It's not like cheesy is when it's trying to be serious and it's bad. This wasn't trying to be serious. All right. Oh, you suck. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Ugh. Okay. Should we listen to another speak pipe? Let's do another speak pipe. This is from Glenn. Hi, Meredith and Patton. It's Glenn from Montreal. Uh, I found your podcast after you guys had been on Conan, and I have been binging you ever since. And in order not to incur the wrath of Patton by citing specific episodes, um, I will say this. Meredith, uh, while riding my bicycle, working out, and gardening, but never while folding clothes, Ketchup and mustard do belong on a hot dog, but until you've tried an all-dressed Montreal steamy, which has mustard, onions, relish, and cabbage, you've never lived. Patton, uh, next time you're in Montreal, the muses are waiting for you at a place called Lester's Deli on Bernard. And finally, uh, if you've never checked it out, there's a funny little movie that was done by Roberto Benini called Johnny Stacchino, an Italian film back in 1991. Have a great day and keep up the fantastic podcasts. Thanks. God, he's got he, a great voice. He has a great voice and he touched on a lot of different things. Yes. He first was answering what our people do <laughs> while they're listening to our podcast. Uh-huh. I really believe folding laundry is probably one of the keys. Yeah. But, um, and then he said, uh, cause I love a hot dog with ketchup and mustard. Patton says that's wrong. That's I wrong. should only have mustard. Yes. But all that extra stuff, honestly, I'm not, Onions and re- I don't ever like relish no, ever. No. Onions and relish and cabbage. Cabbage is fine, but not. I really no. I'm a purist, you guys. I like my hot dog as a hot dog. I like my ice cream with. I don't like. Nu- I like nuts, but not in ice cream. Like, mm-hmm. let's keep these things separate, people. Okay, a couple things in his in his. Uh, you're, you're describing a Canadian version of the Chicago drag it through the garden, uh, where you put everything on your on the friggin' hot dog. Uh, steamy sounds so god awful. It sounds like a weird sexual kink. Um, was how was the date? He's really cool. He's he's really into steamies. So I I don't think I'm going to see him again. Yeah, that sounds gross. Ugh. Um, bad name. That's a bad name. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to be in Montreal Friday, July 29th at the Just for Laughs Gala. I'll get there a day early. I was already planning on getting myself a mountain of poutine, but. Um, that little Lester's Deli, I know right where, um, I, I certainly know where that street is. I don't know where the deli is, but um, sitting in a Canadian deli, I wonder what inspiration will Why don't you get a steamy, taste it? No, oh, just, okay, when well, you well, why say- Why don't you just try it? Just the just words, the word it. steamy is so creepy. <laughs> that is that'll, that is what will make me, ne- Although, as if poutine is better. What but, is poutine? <sighs> poutine. And are. by the way, didn't we just tell everyone that I'm doing a really- Okay. I know, I don't know. Well, hey, would you want me to tell you what poutine is or not? Yeah, tell me. Poutine, I mean, I'm doing a cleanse, so any mention of food is killing me right well, now. Well, then I'm, you, you ain't going to like anyway. this. That's all right, go ahead. French fries. Yum. With hot cheese curds and gravy on them. No. Okay. Gravy? Yes. Ew. It's amazing. And the, I'm also and not the, a gravy person. Oh, I'm a gravy person. Got to have the gravy. You and I are so different. Yeah, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it, that's what makes the engine hum, man. Does it? You know what I mean? Yeah, shafts and pistons, baby. Ew. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Let's see if there's another speak pipe. Hey, Meredith. Hey, Patton. It's Tim. Got a question for you. What movie adaptation of a book or graphic novel or comic turned out to be just as good as the source material? Bonus question. What movie was better than the source material? P.S. Princess Bride doesn't count. Thanks. 
Oh, Tim, thanks for asking. Wow. I'm sure Patton has an answer. Uh, really quickly, two graphic novels that were adapted that came out uh, just as good as the source material were uh, Terry Zwagoff's Ghost World, based on Dan Klaus's graphic novel, and uh, American Splendor, uh, based on Harvey P. Carr's series of books. The way that they did that was really, really innovative and great. There are so many answers to... Um, uh, movie adaptation that was better than the source material. The the classic one, of course, being Jaws. Jaws, one of the worst novels ever written, uh, turned into one of the best uh, movies ever made. But if we're talking uh, comics or graphic novels, there was a 1950s, uh, 1930s, 40s British strip called Colonel Blimp, um, an okay uh, one-panel cartoon that uh, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger turned into an amazing meditation on aging and war and love and memory. It is th the fact that the movie they made, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, came from that one-panel comic strip is beyond miraculous. And Neil Gaiman did The Sandman, which is amazing, and they're turning it into a series, and I hope that that's yes. even better than the book, and the book is so great already. So oh, God, yes. We can't wait. Okay. Hi, Patton and Meredith. Uh, I hope you guys can hear me. I'm trying to keep it down. It's like three in the morning. Um, I just want to say big, big fan of the podcast and uh, Patton Oswalt, your entire career. <laughs> uh, I have questions for both of you. I'll try to squeeze them in. Um, Meredith, I finally got around to watching that again. Um, just wanted to know, and I didn't know that the, the dog you acted with was also White Fane. So a uh, question for you was, uh, when he passed away, was there some kind of funeral service or something like that? Because I know he was a big animal actor. <laughs> um, I want to know if there was a funeral song or if you attended it or what you did. Uh, and Patton, uh, again, been a big fan of yours since my college puke of a roommate showed me you. Uh, I've heard all your specials, listened to pretty much everything. And Jesus Christ, dude, you're on like every fucking TV show I watch. I'll be watching, you know, Parks and Rec, American Dad, Rick and Morty. You just, I keep hearing your voice. I'm like, that's definitely Patton. And multiple episodes of certain shows, too. Um, so I wanted to know uh, of a TV show that you haven't been on, voice acting or live action or otherwise, is there one you're really itching to have a, a guest part on? Um, again, big fan of the podcast and you guys. Uh, love you, keep it fresh, and let me know. Hey, thanks, Stephen. Um, well, I'm happy you saw Natty Gann. That makes me happy. I love that movie. Um, and I was so in love with uh, Jed, who played the wolf. And yes, he's a huge actor. He he was in John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> and he was in White Fang with Ethan Hawke. And he, of course, was my big, my big co-star mm. in The Journey of Natty Gann. And he's... Uh, Really, honestly, like an incredible actor, <laughs> like an incredible dog with an incredible soul. He was half wolf, half Malamute. Um, Clint Rowe was his trainer, a really loving, good trainer, never hurt the animals, just really just operated from pure love with his with his animals. And um, uh, there was not a funeral that I was aware of. I, I, I found out after the fact, I mean... Obviously, everybody finds out after the fact someone mm -hmm. dies. But I found out a little while, uh, not right away. Um, but gosh, I love that. I love Jed so much. Um, yeah, he's like better than most other real people. <laughs> he's like really good. I, I think when he died, John Carpenter took out full page ads in Variety in the Hollywood Reporter for him. Yeah, like to say what what a wonderful actor he was and how he, much he loved him. Yeah, he was spectacular, and and kudos to Clint Rowe, who was his trainer, for making mm -hmm. him so well behaved and wonderful and happy. Mm -hmm. He was a happy dog. Oh, wolf. Wolf. Was, happy he's happy a wolf. dog. Happy wolf. And Patton, I like that question. It's true. You are in a million things, <laughs> and um, there are shows that I watch that I'm like, ah, oh, you need to be in this. Well, the ones that come to mind right now, there's a, there's a great kind of a surge of amazing half-hour comedies, the top of the list being, of course, Abbott Elementary. From Quinta Brunson. Uh, amazing show and really heartfelt. I would also love to be on an episode of Dave, on an episode of um, Atlanta, uh, or an episode of the Eric Andre show, just to see if I could get through it without going crazy. Um, that would be amazing. And then as far as voicing stuff, um, 
I would love to voice either an alien or a droid on one of the many Star Wars shows. I, I, voiced an, really... I voiced an alien in the Clone Wars. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, there were like really weird. Oh, you had to go like. Well, they had like, like words written, but they weren't like words. They were like, you know, it was like oh stuff like God. that. I don't know what it was, but I had to. Because, you know, sometimes when you get hired for like a main voice, they yeah. also make you do like little tiny voices here and there. Hey, while you're here, could you also Can you just do, throw in yeah, this voice? Do some walla. Yeah. Yeah, um, a lot of things that I do voices on, I end up being crowd walla. But I love that, um, I love that Taika Waititi played uh, a droid in The Mandalorian. Yeah. And... His voice was so great, and I would love you to be something like that, too, because it would be iconic, and then you would be part of the Star Wars universe, of which you are not <laughs> currently. I am not a part of the universe. Um, no, I'm really not. So um, You really want to be. Yeah, I Who do. doesn't? Who doesn't? I'll tell you what I want. What No. Um, um, folks. Those are great speak pipes. We love hearing from you guys. We love your questions. Yeah. Um, so keep keep um, going to our webpage and yeah. uh Leaving us a speak pipe. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Yeah, tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> Pat and Peter Oswalt? Yes, Meredith Dawn Salinger. I would love to hear some of your recommendations. You always watch and hear the most interesting things because you are an avid reader and an avid watcher <laughs> of entertainment. What have you got for us this week? Oh, boy. Well, I needed a break from all of the... Um, uh, madness and um, uh, insanity going on. There are a couple of horror movies that I'm dying to see, but I'm just not in the mood to see them right now, uh, including Men, uh, which is a new A24 film, and the uh, uh, a Korean zombie film called The Sadness, but they, are, they have both, I've been told, are brilliant and also very intense, can't do it. So what I did was I went and watched an old 1947 black and white supernatural romance, The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, Oh, I loved that. They made that into a series, and I yes. used to watch that all the time. Really? I was, yes, I loved the series. Ooh. I don't know if I ever saw the actual movie. It is a genuinely beautiful movie about a widow that decides to go her own way and and falls in love with the ghost without realizing it. Um, uh, Jean Tierney is so ridiculously gorgeous in this film. Rex Harrison uh, is grumpy and, and lovable as the ghost of the sea captain. And then, of course... George Sanders is his usual asshole self uh, and also fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I needed it. I, I needed an old Hollywood movie break. Sorry. I got to have that sometimes. Oh, Everything love, is so grim right now. I love watching the old movies because it really does bring you into a time where you don't need to think about the stress and hell of today. <sighs> yeah. And, and and I'm not, by the way, I'm not burying my head in the sand. I, I Just every now and then you need stuff. a break. I, it was an hour and 40 minutes I took that break out of the world. Yeah. Some, God yeah. damn it. If we had a, if we had a barn or a, a woods to walk through, we would, but we live in a city and you just, <laughs> it hits you right in the face, the real world. Oh boy. And so uh, I guess falling into a movie is, is yeah. actually wonderful. Yeah, it. Uh, books. Well, uh, there's a new book out by Chris Ofit or Offit, called Shifty's Boys, and it is another of his series of uh, novels. He's, uh, Chris Offit is an amazing writer, grew up in Appalachia, uh, wrote amazing memoirs about growing up uh, poor in eastern um, Kentucky, western Pennsylvania, I believe, um, but now has decided to try his hand at thrillers, and boy, is he good. Um, he really knows what he's writing. Shifty's Boys is the second in a series of novels about a... Um, uh, Gulf War vet named Mick Harden. So Mick Harden is back solving backwoods uh, mysteries uh, in uh, western Pennsylvania, eastern Kentucky. Great um, scenery, great characterization. And then finally, music-wise, uh, not a new group, but uh, my friend Blaine Kapatch again pointed me towards a group called Wet Leg. Um, you may have heard their uh, song Chaise Lounge on an episode of uh, Gossip Girl. But their, all their stuff is amazing. It is absolutely of the time. Two um, young women doing amazing songs. Wet leg, get the album, and just and drift away on it. What's the vibe? The vibe is um, uh, bored British party girl. Um, oh, cool. Mom, Dad, look at me. I went to school and I got a degree. Like, it's just that kind of... 
hmm. could care less. Cool. But really, but but really bouncy, fun dance like music. Like elastica, kind of. It yes, it is kind of elasticy. I used to, uh, I used to love elastica, the band. Yes, they were. Well, they were. I mean, they're still around, but they're not really doing anything. But God, that first album of theirs was so good. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, and also Stutter is a great song. Um, so yeah, Wet Leg. Those are my picks this week. Um, folks, please try to avoid the darkness. It's there. I know you got to deal with it. I know you got to look at it sometimes. Don't fault yourself for taking a quick break from it before you got to go back into it. And also, you know, Set aside $10 every year at the beginning of the year and uh, whatever causes that you feel like you can contribute to to help prevent gun violence and or uh, help women have access to health care, um, you know, things that make the world a better place. There's always a cause. And, you know, I always say like, oh, if everybody gave, you know, if everyone gave Pat a dollar he'd on Twitter, he'd have like $4 million. Oh, wait, should we do that? Yeah, and you guys, <laughs> Venmo at Meredith Salinger, a dollar, and we'll see how much we get. Um, but no, really, I know um, a lot of people, it's hard times for people, and you can't donate tons of money. Donate what you can, and let's help make the world a better place, because uh, we need people in office who are going to protect our children, and we should support campaigns of people yes. who care about uh, you know, gun reform and and uh, safety and health and all those things. So have a great week. We will be back next week. We hope you join us. And um, yeah, we'll talk at you soon. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm -hmm. Starbanks Audio, a, podca <clears throat> a podcast network.